Grab your Bibles, grab your Bibles. We are back in the book of James, James chapter number 4. We're going to finish up this chapter. All right, come on in the church house or shut the door so I can't see you. Amen. All right, James chapter 4, James chapter 4. We, we, have, been, we have been covering for a while, two or three weeks, uh, on the subject of judging and dealing with that. Uh, we're going to finish up the last chapter. And, and this is a really, really important part. Uh, sometimes sometimes we, we treat the will of God like it's some mystery thing, like I just can't find, I'm just, just trying to find the will of God. And it, and it is not that way. How many of y'all know that God is not a God in heaven saying, uh, no, try it again, guess again. How many of y'all know that? He's not the author of confusion. Say that with me. He's not the author of, all right, that's not the way it is. Uh, so we're going to talk about the will of God today. James begins to address some, some folks in dealing with that type uh, uh, topic. So let's look in verse number 13, James 4 and verse number 13. If you found your place, say amen. He says, go to now. Now, now look up that word, go to, and it means come on. How many of y'all remember the, how many of y'all remember the, uh, the, sports, uh, the sports broadcast when they had the, come on, man. How many of y'all remember that? Some of y'all need TV. Come on with me. This heat has really gotten to y'all. Amen? He's saying, come on, guys. Come on. That's, that's, the, that's what go to means. He says, go to now, ye that say, today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? Well, that's a good question. What is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live, and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boastings, all such rejoicing is what? Evil. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is what? Sin. Lord, thank you for an opportunity to study your word, and to, to read, and to... Uh, Lord, just to learn and grow, and God, I pray that you'll help us. Bless everyone here. They've come out today, worked hard all day, probably exhausted, probably with the, the heat, the way it is, it's just been draining everybody. Well, Lord, I pray that, that we can just rest a little while in an air-conditioned building, uh, studying your word and enjoying your presence. Lord, I pray that you'll refresh everyone tonight. I pray that they can leave energized and, and, and just from being in your presence and studying your word. I pray that your perfect will be done, and God will thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. All right, we find James in this particular portion of his, his book addressing uh, most likely merchants that are in the assembly that he's writing to. Uh, merchants that probably he may have overheard or he's seen or experienced uh, being with them while they were making their plans, and they had great plans. They had plans for the future. They had plans to buy. They had plans to sell. They were very detailed in their plans. Uh, they were very expectant in their plans. Uh, and, and, and some would say by what James is saying that you shouldn't plan. But I don't think that's the point. I don't think that's what he's trying to say. Because there's way too many, there's way too many verses in the Bible that teach us that we need to be organized, that teach us that we need to counsel. Uh, uh, the, the Bible says there's safety in the multitude of counsel. I think it's a good thing to plan. How many of y'all planners are in here? You like to plan stuff? All right, how many of y'all non-planners? You can just get in the car and drive to California. That's me right there. Let's roll, baby. Amen. My wife is a planner. Uh, she does not like last-minute things. I call that spontaneity. Amen? We, anyway, I'll move right along, all right? Uh, but, but, and, and some people will read into this part of this chapter and say, you know, he's saying don't plan, but I don't believe that's it. The problem is not with our planning. It is good to make plans. It is bad to leave God out of your plans. This is the point. This is what James is trying to say. He's saying, I, I'm hearing about the time. I'm, I'm here, and I'm, I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying about what you're going to do. You're going to buy, sell, get gain. I'm hearing about your expectations. I'm hearing about where you're going to do it. I'm hearing about all that stuff. But there's one thing I'm not hearing. Where does God fall into the equation? Have you one time asked God what he thinks about this? Have you talked to God about your plans? Have you talked to God about your desires? 
Have you talked to God about your expectations? He's saying this, don't leave God out of your plans. Out of your plans. How many of y'all know that God has a plan for your life? That's what we're going to talk about. God's will. It's not a mysterious thing. God's will. He basically, in these few verses here that we're going to talk about tonight, he is really dealing with three particular attitudes when it comes to God's will. Now, now let's use the word, let's use the word plan, okay? Let's use the word plan here. Uh, God has a plan for his, our, our life. Uh, you remember, you remember when, <clears throat> remember when the disciples asked uh, Jesus to to teach them to pray. He said, he said, this is how pray in this manner. A lot of people take this as a formula, or we, we're, you know, we're just supposed to repeat it. We'll have. You know, a lot of a lot of your, your your kids will before a football game or baseball game or even after one, they'll get together. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, and they'll use it as this thing that we're supposed to recite. But I don't believe that was the point in what Jesus was making. He did not give them uh, he did not give them a a special formula. I believe he gave them an outline or a pattern. Now y'all know I like to alliterate things. You know, I like everything to sound the same because it helps me as dumb as I am to remember stuff. He said, "Our Father which art in heaven." Hallowed be thy name. That's praise. That's praise. Uh, thy kingdom come, thy, thy will be done. That's purpose. That's purpose. Uh, uh, give us this day our daily bread. You know, that's provision and so on and so on, pardon and, and all that. Now, but the point is, he said this. Uh, uh, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Here, here's the part I want to get to. Thy kingdom come. word kingdom means rule or reign. You know, thy kingdom come, thy, thy will be done on. Now watch this, watch this, as it is in heaven. In other words, God has got it written out for you, what he wants you to do down here, already written up there. And when you pray this prayer, this is what you're saying. God, help me to accomplish your plan for my life. Help me to accomplish your will for my life. Help me to do what you have planned for me to do here on this earth. That's what, that's what Jesus said to pray. When you pray, when you seek the Lord, you're asking him to help you be obedient to what he's got planned for you. If that makes sense, say amen. Do you remember what Jesus did? Remember what Jesus did when he was in the garden? Uh, he was praying and he said, uh, Father, I know all things are possible with thee. Uh, uh, and if it, by, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but... Thy will be done. You know what the prayer of every Christian should be every day of his life? Thy will be done. Thy will be done. In decisions that we make, thy will be done. In in relationships, every area of our life should be thy will be done. Now, you that's been saved a while, you that's been saved a while, how many of y'all have made decisions and didn't put that in there? How'd that work for you? <laughs> Boy, it's quiet in here, isn't it? Now watch. Here's, here's, here's what I want to talk about. Three different attitudes. Three different uh, ways to treat the will of God in our life. Now we got it. We all have to agree on this. We all have to agree that God has a will and a plan for all of us. Amen? All right, now. There's three ways we can, we can look at this, three ways we can treat the will of God in life. First, first we see, if you're taking notes, write this down. We find people that ignore God's will in their life. They ignore. This is what these guys were doing. Look what they said in verse 13. Go to now, ye that say, now here's what they say, today or tomorrow we will go into such a city, continue there a year. I mean, they're very specific. We're going we're gonna to go to a certain city. We're going to work there a solid year. We're going to buy it. We're going to sell. We're going to get gain. Sounds like a pretty good plan. Sounds like a pretty good plan. Only problem is they ignored the will of God. They ignored God in the whole process. Are you all with me? Now, this is what he's dealing with. There are people in life today who will totally, completely ignore the will of God. In other words, they won't even ask for it. They won't even desire to learn it. That's the air conditioner, I think. I think either that or God said amen real loud. Amen. That's right. Yeah, that's the air conditioner. See him popping up, that thing. But y'all are awake now. That's a plus. Amen. 
Now watch, now watch. Here we go. Here we go. First, first off, why, why, what arguments, what arguments do, does James give to not ignore the will of God? Why, what reasons does he give here in these verses why we should never ignore the will of God? First, write this down. Because of the complexity of life. How many of y'all know life is weird? I mean, life is full of decisions. Life is full of uh, complications. Life is full of complexities. Uh, uh, we've, got to, we've got to do this. We, we don't do that. If we do this, it's going to affect this. And if we do that, it's going to affect that. And, 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 and everywhere we go, uh, there's so much to life that is complicated. You say, well, prove it. Men, have you figured out your wife yet? And if you say yes, you're lying in the house of God. Ladies, have you figured out your husband yet? Relationships. How many of y'all have, 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 have known somebody uh, a certain period of time and then they do something and you're just like, who are you? Are y'all with me? It might be your spouse, I don't know. But uh, life's complicated. Life, life changes like crazy. It's very complex. Now, if we're going to deal with a subject that's very complex, isn't it a smart thing to talk to one who is very wise and knows everything? I mean, if I'm going to go work and, and, and just dive into the motor in my truck, I better talk to somebody who knows something about motors. Are y'all with me? I'm not... Uh, 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 Alan is a, a, a paint and body guy. And I'm going to say, can you, check my, can you check my spleen for me? He would probably say, why, yes, I can. <laughs> Amen. But you're not going to do that. So why are we attempting this thing called life without talking to the one who invented it? He's saying, don't ignore the one who designed it. If there is anybody who knows how life should be and how we should operate and get the best out of life, it's the one who created it. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Listen, the complexities of life. Then, then write this down. Look in the next verse. Look in verse number 14. This is so important. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. Write this, the uncertainty of life. Never ignore the will of God in your life because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I could tell you story after story after story after story how life changed in the blink of an eye. Andrew, I saw pictures of Andrew at, on a mission trip in in New Orleans, and 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 heard stories when Kendrick came back, he was telling us how he'd served and, and everything, and and Andrew was he was on a watch list to play to play ball at Alabama. Uh, he had plans to play professional ball, uh, had everything and had plans and had desires. Now I'm not saying I'm not saying that he didn't seek God's will. I'm not saying that because there's several times he mentioned about being a preacher. So. Uh, with that being said, uh, one morning I was called early in the morning and said, "Hey, you got to hurry up and get to the hospital. Andrew's had a wreck." Had every intention that morning. Woke up, go to school, go to the dentist's office, go back to school. Was on his way back to school, and in the moment, his life completely changed. Preacher, what are you saying? Don't leave God out of your plans. Don't plan without knowing who's already been in your tomorrow. Say, so what are you talking about? The Bible says that he is Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the... That means he knew when your life started, he knows how your life's going to end, and he knows every single detail of everything in between. So why would you ignore the one who knows everything? James said, listen, don't ignore the will of God because life is complex. Not only is life uh, complex, but life is uncertain. We don't know what's going to happen. 
We don't know what our future holds. Listen, I, I, I can't tell you how many people have called me with tears in their eyes and said, Preacher, I just left the doctor's office and I've received horrible news. I mean, everything was going great, everything was going fine in their life, and boom, their life totally changed. They had to do stuff they never would have done before. They had to go places they never would have gone before. They had to take treatments and all these kind of things. Life changes. That's why we need to seek the one who knows it all. Say amen. Not only the complexity of life, not only the uncertainty of life. Number three, number th- or C, or whatever it is. Amen. The next one. Don't you see the brevity of life? The brevity of life. It says in, in the next part, it says, for what is your life? He's saying you need to examine this. You need to look at this, guys. It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then what? Vanisheth away. Vanisheth away. Uh, I, I, skipped, I skipped a part in there I, need to, I really need to talk about. Uh, how, many of y'all remember, how many of y'all remember the story that Jesus told about the, the farmer who had a really, really excuse me, good year and a bumper crop that particular year. And he said, here, what am I going to do? I've done filled up my barns, and I've got so much left over. He said, man, he said, what am I going to do? He said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to tear down my little barns. I'm going to build bigger barns. I'm going to fill them up, and I'm going to kick back and chill out. It's going to be great because i got enough to last me. I'm going to eat, drink, be merry, and take and be at ease for many years. That was his plan. That sounds like a pretty good plan. There's only one problem. He didn't realize. Jesus said, thou fool, this night, this night, thy soul shall be required of thee. What did he not know? He had a good plan, but he had no idea that he would die that night. Was he ready? No. Because he left God out of his plan. Amen? I don't have to say much about the brevity of life. Everybody in here has been living long enough to know life's short, isn't it? Time is flying by. Job says, his, his, my days are, are so swift. It's, uh, 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 my days are so short. He said, man that is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. I, I, was, talked into, uh, I was talked into playing a softball game last night. And I played the song all the way home. I'm not as good as I once was. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Uh, I tore something back here. I don't know if it's a ham or hamstring or something, but it's in the area that, you know, and I'm standing right out front of God and country and everybody, and I'm saying this thing's hurting so bad, but I can't rub this out here in front of everybody. Amen. And I'm standing there, and, 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 and Brother, Brother Klein, I, I, I could not get my body to do what my brain wanted it to do. And I stood there, and I was watching, I was watching them young people out there in their, in their, in their late teens and early 20s and, and, and thinking I hated them. One of them scooped up a ball. I, I used to play shortstop. He scooped that ball up, and, man, I'm talking about frozen rope all the way across the field, shot the guy out. I looked there, and Becca looked at me, and I said, I used to could do that. <laughs> and you know when I could do that? Yesterday. Man, time's flying. Look at your kids. I'm telling you, I, 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 I think I said this Sunday, but I, I mean, it was just the day before yesterday. I walked out of the the. the, the the delivery room holding Jordan and announced Jordan to the world and, and I'm fixing to walk it down the aisle this year. Time's flying. If we're gonna if we're gonna make an impact, if we're gonna do something significant, we gotta understand life is complex, life is uncertain, and life is very, very brief. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Look at this next one. Don't you see the frailty of life? Look, he says, he says, you, you don't know, you, here you are making plans, here you are, you, you, you're saying what you're going to do and how you're going to do it and all that. And, and by the way, you remember what I said? You remember the whole point of this whole deal? There's nothing wrong with making plans. 
There's nothing wrong with saying, hey, we're going to dwell in that city. There's nothing wrong with saying we're going to sell this type merchandise or we're going to sell this type product and we're planning on making this much gain. And, uh, and None of that's wrong. It's wrong when you leave God out of it. It is wrong when you are working as a plumber and he wants you to be a preacher. It's wrong if you're living in Coleman and you should be in Zimbabwe. It's going to get tight. Say, appreciate you mean I, I'm, I'm, just a, I'm just a regular person. What do you think I was? Or any other missionary that's on the field today. There's, it's it's kind of like this. There's no born super spiritual people. There's no such thing. There's no such thing. Uh, a, a tourist pulled up to a, 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 a just an old country store out in the middle of nowhere and two older guys sitting there playing checkers and, and, and these tourists pulled up and said, has there, been, has there been any great people born here? One of them looked up at him and said, nope, just babies. <laughs> Think about that a minute. God may be wanting you to do something. God may be choosing you. The question is, are you leaving him out of your plan? Don't do it. Don't do it. Why? Life's short. Life's complex. Life is very uncertain. But then I want you to see this. Look what he says in verse 15. For you ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. In other words, you should, <coughs> you should include God in your plan. What does God want out of my life? What decision does God want me to make? What direction does God want me to go? But now you rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. What are, what are they doing? Man is boasting, and their boasting is only covering up their weakness. Man cannot control the future events. He has neither the wisdom to see the future nor the power to control the future. For him to boast is sin. It is making himself God. How foolish is it for people to ignore the will of God? It's like going through the dark jungles without a map or over the stormy seas without a compass. It's crazy. It's insane. Why would anybody do that? And not only that, but they're boasting about it. They're bragging about it. Listen, he's saying, look, we're weak. We're weak. Uh, Let's, let's go to number two. Let's go to number two. I got to hurry. I got, I got to finish all this one today. Uh, how many of y'all know it's not a wise thing to ignore God when you're making your plans? All right. Now, number two. This one's even worse. There are folks that ignore God's will. Uh, they make plans without even including him, without even talking to him. Uh, and, and by the way, there's more of that going on with all of us than what we would want to admit to. Y'all with me? you say, why is that? I think sometimes we ignore it because we don't want to know it. Right? Now, y'all might as well say amen and get with me, y'all. It ain't going to get no easier. Help us. Okay. You say, why didn't you ask permission? It's like kids. Why didn't you ask permission? You might have said no. Am I right? Now, you know, my dad, he always cuts up and, and, and he jokes about, it's better to ask forgiveness than permission. No, it's not. No, it's not. You say, why is that? Because you may get forgiven, but you may have to live with the consequences of your stupid choice. Amen? All right, moving right along. <clears throat> we go from ignoring God's will to number two, disobeying God's will. Disobeying. I mean, in other words, that is this. I know it, but I ain't doing it. Now, ignorance is bad. It is. You know, ignorance is no excuse for the law. You hear that from policemen all the time. And, all, and, and, and that's true. And But there, it, it's a whole nother thing to be clear and understanding of what God expects out of us and saying, uh-uh. Here's a prime example, Jonah. Y'all remember Jonah? 
Jonah knew exactly what he was supposed to do. Jonah knew exactly where he was supposed to do it. And he said, huh, uh, uh-uh. Now, I don't know if you understand this or not, but any person that's living outside of God's will becomes a troublemaker. Let me say that again. Any person living outside of God's will becomes a troublemaker. Now, I know what some of us think. Well, if it, I, I know what God's want me to do, but I'm not going to do it. But the only one that's going to hurt is me. Tell that to the people in the ship with Jonah. Tell that to all of Lot's family. Y'all with me? Tell that to David's crowd. Tell that to David's baby that died. Tell that to David's uh, uh, daughter that was raped. Tell that to uh, David's son that was killed by the other son. Tell that to the... What happens when we get out of the will of God and we choose not to do the will of God? It affects those around us. Amen? Now watch. Let's look at a cause. What causes this? <clears throat> I want to I wanna say, I'm going I'm to give you one. I'm going to give you one that's not in your notes. But he's giving it to me right now. So I, I need you to write this down somewhere. Just find an open spot in there. And, and some, sometimes, sometimes we disobey God's will out of fear. Out of fear. I don't know why I didn't put that in there, but I'm glad he didn't let me forget it. I, I don't I don't I don't know I don't I don't want to totally I don't want to totally uh look at Jonah and said you were just a heathen for disobeying God's will. Because uh, you gotta understand where he was headed. If I can put it in today's today's terms and understanding, he was headed to ISIS to preach to them. To repent. The, the Nineveh was a cruel, torturous, wicked city. I'm talking about barbaric to the nth degree. I don't know if y'all been keeping up with the with the news or not, but you're seeing what uh, uh, ISIS is doing now, dropping them in in cages uh, in in a, in a swimming pool to drown them. Uh, tying tying collars around their necks, explosive collars. Just, just, just unimaginable, unimaginable, horrific thing. That's where God said, Jonah, I need you to go preach a sermon. I need you to go get in all their faces and tell them better repent or they're going to. Now can you kind of see Jonah's deal? So there's been times in my life that I knew the will of God, but I didn't want to do it. Not because I wanted to disobey God. I was afraid. I was afraid. I remember when God was dealing with me about preaching. I said, in front of people? I, I say this stuff. I say this stuff all the time, and nobody believes me. But I am ultra shy. I mean, big time, big time shy. I told y'all before, I would get on a bus to go to school, and I would look down, and I'd just walk through there and find an open seat, and I'd sit there, and I'd pray, dear God, don't let nobody sit with me. Please don't. And, you know, I thought I grew out of that till I got on a plane. <laughs> Nothing has changed at all. And God is saying, I need, I need you to be a preacher. And I said, I need you to tell that to my brother. He's not afraid of nothing, man. He'll do it. I don't want to do it. I got to get up in front of everybody. I can't, I can't fear. You know, I think sometimes fear will keep us from doing the will of God faster than anything. Because none of this is in the notes, and I'm going to run over time. Listen, listen. The, the reason that we're afraid is because we're depending too much on us. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly positive. David had a, had a little twinge of of, of, of just a little anxiety going down into that because he's human. But he was trusting in the God who got him through the bear and the lion. Y'all with me? But there was a little bit of... But he said, hey, God's doing this. And if we can ever understand, if God calls us to it, God's going to bring us through it. If God puts us in a place, do you realize, do you realize the safest place that you could ever be is in the perfect will of God? I heard 
preacher saying one time, he said, listen, when you're in the will of God, the devil's gunpowder can't burn. And if, mm, say me. And proof positive, Jonah went to Nineveh and God showed up. So what are you afraid of? Let me say this. Let me say this just to counter. The most dangerous place you can be. You could be in a padded room outside the will of God and it's the most dangerous place you could ever be. Because outside of the will of God, you're outside of the umbrella of protection that God has. Amen? Fear. What causes us to disobey God? Now, let's, let's be honest so everybody sees it. How many of y'all would admit tonight that there's been times that God asked you to maybe to witness to somebody or to invite somebody or to do something for him, and it, you, you, you didn't do it because you was afraid? Go ahead and raise your hand. Let's, let's help everybody see it. Is this, so, so we're agreeing right here. Amen? Don't be afraid. Because when you're afraid, that's, that's saying this. You're trusting too much in you. When I was afraid, now don't get me wrong, there's never a time that I don't get up on this platform that I'm not nervous. So don't ever think that, oh, if I'm still nervous, I, I mean, I'm not right with God. Don't, 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 don't go there. Don't think that because that's not the case. But you will have enough courage to go forward. And hoping, it's like, it's like, it's like stepping off blindfolded, hoping God will be there when, that's, that's kind of like what it is. But when you do, you trust in Him. You trust in Him. Put Him first, because He's the one going to do it anyway. Are y'all with me? Say amen. All right, now, the second cause, or actually the first one on your, your notes, but uh, here's a cause. I think arrogance, arrogance causes us to disobey God. Sometimes, sometimes we act like we know better or we know more. Arrogance. I looked up the word arrogance and it means this. Offensively exaggerating one's own importance. Offensively exaggerating one's own importance. In other words, when God says you need to do this and you say, uh-uh. You're saying you know more than he does. You're saying you're wiser than he is. You're saying you're more powerful than he is. I don't know about y'all, but I'd call that arrogance. Amen? Arrogance. Why do people who know the will of God deliberately disobey it? Pride. Man likes to boast that he is the master of his fate, the captain of his soul. Man has accomplished so many marvelous things that he thinks he can do anything. This type person says to God, I know what you want me to do, but I prefer not to do it. I really know more about this than you do. That's dangerous. That is dangerous. I think the second cause, the second cause in disobeying God's will is just ignorance. Just ignorance. And that's not a, that's not a derogatory, that is just saying a true fact. You are lacking information. You are ignorant of the truth. You're missing some things. What, what is that? Not understanding the nature of God's will. He acts as though, this person acts as though the will of God is something he can accept or reject. In reality, the will of God is not an option. Uh, underline that. The will of God is not an option. It's an obligation. Underline that. The will of God is not an option. It's an obligation. We cannot take it or leave it because he is the creator and we are the creatures. We must obey him. We have a responsibility to obey him because he is the savior and Lord, we are his children and servants. We must obey him. To treat the will of God lightly is to invite the chastening of God in our lives. Here's what, here's what I think a lot of Christians really believe. I mean, they really think this. Uh, okay, uh, uh, God is saying, God is saying, uh, 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 Johnny Christian, uh, uh, here's, here's, my, here's my plan for your life. And, and, and Johnny Christian says, no, nah, that's all right. I, 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 that's okay. And in his mind, he's thinking he has a choice. Now think about it. I've got a choice. God is not going to make me do anything. You sure? I wonder what Jonah would say about that. Hello. Man is quiet tonight. 
Is this, is this, a, anyway, anyway. What's, what's B? The cause of disobeying God's will. Then don't you see the consequence? The consequence. I want you to turn in your Bibles. I want you to turn in your Bibles after you write that down. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter number 12. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter number 12. We're going to do some Bible study. Bible study. Hebrews 12. And if you don't have your Bibles, listen, this is a good reason you need to have it, all right? Bring your Bible to Bible study. Bring your Bible to Bible study. Hebrews 12, verse 5. When you get there, say amen. What is the consequence? What is the consequence of disobeying God's will? It says in verse 5, Hebrews 12, 5, And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth. Now, you've got three different types of discipline here. I know we're living in a day where they say, don't, don't spank your child and don't do all that, you know, just talk to them and all that. That's not biblical. That's why we've got a bunch of tyrants running everything right now. Are y'all with me? Say amen. The Bible says foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction will drive it far from him. That means, anyway, you know what that means. Three different forms, three different forms of, of discipline here. First, we see rebuke. First, we see rebuke. This is not in your notes, but I'm just going by it, okay? I'm just going with the verses. First, you see rebuke. That, how many of y'all know, how many of y'all know, has, has, your, has your, your parent ever scolded you? Ever scolded you, all right? There's, there's a, that's what that is. It's a scolding. How many, how, many, how many of you know that sometimes there's been times God had to come in your life and he had to scold you, had to get your attention? He scolded you. That's a rebuke, all right? But then there's a chastening. There's a chastening. That's a stronger form. That's a stronger form. In other words, if the scolding didn't work, he had to get a little tougher. Now, 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 uh, 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 how many of y'all are old enough to know the difference between a spanking and a whooping? Okay, chastening is a spanking. Scourging is a whooping. Now think about this. What they did to Jesus with a cat of nine tails was called a scourging. Y'all with me? Are you mean to tell me the terminology? That's what I'm telling you. Rebuke, scolding, chastening, scourging. Each one of them is progressively worse or more intense. Preacher, what are you saying? If God can get your attention by a scolding, that's all it takes. How many of y'all have got the child? How many of y'all got the child that you can do this right here? And they'll just melt in the... Uh, y'all didn't see that. And that child will just melt in the floor. How many of y'all got the one you can drag behind a truck and it ain't going to change? Are y'all with me? You see, one works with one, but not, not with the other one, and, 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 and vice versa. You've got to get a little bit more intense, and you've got to get a little stronger, because sometimes, there's been times in my life, a scolding got my attention. My dad can look at me certain ways right now. Hey, I, here's, I want to challenge you. I want you to go on Facebook, and I want you to look at the picture that was posted of my dad when I gave my dad that plaque. That's his happy face. I challenge you. See, some of y'all remember what it looked like. I challenge you. Go look at that. And, and, and that's his happy face. Imagine if he was mad. There's been times he could look at me, but then there's times that that look didn't work. And I still got ignorant. Anyway, it progressed. But I think Dad went from zero to 100. He went from, from the look to the, to the whooping. Amen? I mean, anyway, y'all with me? God's discipline is determined. Oh, you ought to write this down. God's discipline is determined by your will. God's discipline is determined by your will. In other words, the more stubborn you are, the more severe he has to be. If a scolding will work, it's over with. That's why I'm so glad 
that when he says, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And God only disciplines us to the point of obedience. I don't even think you got what I just said. When you obey, the discipline's over. As soon as Jonah got up and said, let me go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, and he spit him up on that shore, and by the way, he got to Nineveh in a short period of time. But the discipline was over. Why is that important for us to know? Because God is not going to just beat you up for nothing. And we have this idea that God is up in heaven because I made a mistake in my life, so he is constantly throwing lightning bolts at me because he's mad at me. No, sir. God does not work that way because God is not like us. When God disciplines us, it is for the purpose of obedience. It's for the purpose of bringing us back into line with his will. And as soon as you get back in line with his will, the discipline is over, and then he can wrap his arms of comfort. Somebody say amen right there. I don't know why I'm getting on all this, because it ain't in the notes, but it's good. Amen. Discipline. Those, those levels. And, and if we have to, if we have to, uh, if we're stubborn and we're hard-headed, then God will do what it takes. Watch what he says. Watch what he says. He says in verse number, <clears throat> verse number six, for whom the Lord, come on, for whom the Lord loveth, he, he chasteneth and scourgeth. How many of them? Every. Every, say that with me. Say it again. That means you. In other words, God is going to hold everybody accountable for being obedient to his will. Wow. You mean I don't have a choice in the matter? That's what I've been trying to say. You mean to tell me? That if I don't do what God wants me to do, if I don't choose his way, he's going to whoop me? Yeah. Some of y'all ought to say, aha. Really, I'm serious. Some of y'all ought to just say, that's why all this is going on in my life. I thought I had a choice in the matter. No. No. When we get outside of God's will, he's, he's coming after him. You know why? Because you belong to him. You're not your own anymore. When you get saved, you're bought with a price. And thank God we're his children. I don't go snatch up other people's children and whoop them. But you let mine get ignorant. Ask them. You say, why do you do that? Why do you do that? He says, for whom the Lord, verse 6, for whom the Lord loveth, he's chasing. See, some of y'all are mad at God because he's scourging you or he's whooping you or he's trying to get your attention. And you're mad because you've gone through some pain and discomfort and, and really you should be thanking him. You should be thanking him. Jeff, can I use you for just a minute? I, I, I don't ever do this. And I, I I would never do this. I don't know why, but I just feel like I need to. Jeff got sideways with God for a little while in his life, and, and God had to get his attention. And 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 I, 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 I with all my heart, I'm telling y'all the God's truth. There's never been a time before he he went to prison, or any time when I went to see him that he never blamed God. He always accepted complete responsibility. He said, I'm here because I did stupid things, and now I'm paying for it. But the whole point is, as bad as that was, I hated it. I hated it. I hated it for them. I hated it for what they went through, and I hated all of it. But you know what? I sit and look at them now, and I'm thinking, wow, look at God. What if God hadn't said, hey, what if God would have just let them go on and do what they chose to do? All I can say is, go God. He did it because he loved them. 
He did it because he cared. It's the same principle. Why do you whoop your kid for driving his bicycle in the road? Because you knew there's a Mack truck that don't look for little kids and they're going to run them over. And you hate the pain and the discomfort they get with the spanking, but you love them enough and care about them, you're going to correct them to get them back in line. And some of us, you need to go home and apologize to God for being mad at him and have an attitude, and you ought to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for loving me enough that you chose to discipline me to get me back where I'm supposed to be. Amen. Uh, correction. Watch what it says. If ye endure chastening, verse 7, verse 7. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with, that means your family member. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? Now watch. Now please get this. Please get this. But if ye be without chastisement, whereof, in other words, all of God's family, if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Now that word, we've, we've turned that word into a cuss word, but the word means illegitimate. It means, this is the basic, this is the basic understanding of this verse. If you can go out and live in sin, and, and, and I'm not saying go out and make a mistake. I'm not saying that. But you go out and live in it and practice in it and stay in it. You, does everybody understand what I'm saying right here? If you can go do that and God not scold you to get you back, chasing you when that don't work, or scourge you, you don't belong to it. There's people, I, 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 I'm guessing here, I'm guessing here, Jeff, but I'm guessing there's people that, that, that have, have done the same type situation and they claim to be saved, but they're still doing it. And there's no correction. There's no chastening. You know what I'm saying? That's a bastard. They're illegitimate. They may be claimed to be a child of God, but if there's no correction, they don't belong to God. You cannot, you cannot live that way and God not get your attention. Amen. That's not popular. That's not being preached. But I'm telling you the God's truth. That's exactly how it works. Jonah belonged to God, and God was not going to let that fly. And he did what it took to get Jonah's attention. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Listen. The consequence of disobeying God's will is discipline. Did I tell you that? Number one, under, under, under B. Number one, write the word discipline there. It is discipline. <clears throat> then, number two, is disqualification. Disqualification. And, 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 and let me explain that for you. For you. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Y'all not turning fast enough. Countdown. It's clocking moving. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 24. Paul is using the illustration of, of kind of like Olympic games. These were the, the, the Greek games here, and, and, and they, had, they had rules they had to go by and so forth and so on. They had judges, they had referees, that type of thing, and they kept everybody. They had to eat certain things. I mean, it was just like today. They would make them, uh, uh, as in their training and in their, in their development, getting ready for it, they had to eat certain things, exercise a certain way, and do all this kind of stuff. And Paul is illustrating that compared to the Christian life. He says in verse 24, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. And every man, how many? <clears throat> every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate. The word temperate there means discipline. It's discipline. He's careful with what he does. He's careful for how he behaves. He's disciplined. He is uh, temperate in how many things? All things. Now they, talking about the runners, the athletes, they do it to obtain a corruptible crown. Uh, that was that wreath, that, that, that uh, literal leafy wreath that went around their head. That was their prize. It's corruptible. It'll go away. But he says we do it. We are careful. We are disciplined. We do this to receive an incorruptible crown. He says in verse 26, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, <clears throat> so fight I, 
not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it under subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Now, what is he dealing with? If you go back, if you go back in the rest of them, you will see he's talking about rewards. And he's talking about what he's willing to do to reach others. He's wanting to receive his reward. And he's saying, listen, they have to be disciplined. They have to be careful. They do it to receive an incorruptible crown, but I'm doing it to receive, or, or they're a corruptible crown, but I am an incorruptible crown. He says, I'm careful. I'm disciplined. I'm careful with my body. How many of y'all know uh, your body doesn't like to do right? Your, your body has to be disciplined. Your mind has to be disciplined. You have to be careful. He says, I want to be careful in how I behave. I want to be careful in what I think about. I want to be careful in what I say. I want to be careful in everything so that I will not be disqualified. The word castaway means disqualified. In other words, he says, this has nothing to do with salvation. This has everything to do with rewards. With rewards. In other words, he's saying, I want God to be able to use me. I want to be able to be used by God. I don't want to be a castaway. I want God to use me. I want to receive a reward. Why do I need to follow the will of God? Because if you don't, you will lose rewards. Listen, do you understand that one day we're all going to kneel before him? All of us. Listen, let's don't, let's don't suffer loss. Let's go there and, 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 and all of us strive to hear the words, Well done, thou good and faithful. Amen. Amen. Only way we can do that is in his will. Five minutes. Let's see if we can do it. <clears throat> number three. <clears throat> number three. We find people, number one, ignoring God's will. We find people disobeying God's will. Number three. And, and I, I, I would say, I would say, I may be guessing here, but I think everybody in this building has been in both of them. How many of y'all? Now, if you lie, you're going to get indigestion, heartburn, and diarrhea tonight. All right? Uh, how many of y'all have ignored God's will before in your life? Okay. How many of y'all have disobeyed God's will before in your life? Mm-hmm. Let's be in this third crowd, guys. Let's find ourselves in this third crowd. We find people obeying God's will. We find people obeying God's will. Write this down. <clears throat> Write this down. A, don't you see the principles of God's will? What are some basic principles that we can understand? There's two things that you need to get about God's will in, in the basic part. Number one, there is a universal will. There is a universal will. In other words, there's something about the will of God that's for everybody. In other words, it's the same for me, it's the same for you. You understand what I mean? In other words, here's the thing. I've heard people say, uh, 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 me and my girlfriend's been uh, living together and we're praying about it. What's there to pray about? You don't have to pray about that. You don't have to pray about that. That's a universal thing. That's a command of God. Y'all with me? Uh, I, I'm, I'm praying about whether I need to witness to my neighbor. What are you praying about? There's nothing to pray about. God commanded us to do it. I'm praying about whether I should be faithful to church. Why? That is nothing to pray about. I'm trying to use these illustrations till we get it. There are certain things that's God's will for everybody. Are y'all with me? I'll give you a couple. I'll give you a couple. There are some things that is true for every Christian. It is God's will that we yield ourselves to him. 2 Corinthians 8, 5. That may, you understand that? Say amen. It is God's will that we avoid sexual immorality. That's 1 Thessalonians 4, 3. All Christians, it is God's will for all Christians to rejoice, pray, and thank God. That's 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Every commandment in the Bible that's addressed to believers is part of the will of God and must be obeyed. If that makes sense, say amen. So, we understand there is a universal will of God for everybody, okay? But, write this down, number two, there's not only his universal will, but I want you to see his unique will. His unique will. In other words, he has a will and a plan that is tailor-made for everybody in here. 
He has got a will. He has got a plan that is tailor-made for your likes, for your abilities, for your talents, for your gifts. So how do you know that? Because he's the one who gave them to you. If that was not the case, we'd all be the same. We'd all be the same. I saw a commercial. I saw a commercial the other day and said, what if all dogs were the same? I think it was this little Pomeranian. Had a little Pomeranian riding, riding on the fire truck like a Dalmatian. A little Pomeranian uh, that was in, in the Swiss Alps with that big thing like the St. Bernard's supposed to wear. A little Pomeranian with this big spike. Are y'all with me? You say, that's crazy. That's what I'm talking about. Everybody's different. Some people like trucks. Some people like cars. Some people like vans. Some people like motorcycles. Some people, everything's different. Thank God we're not all the same. Say amen. Everybody's different. God's got a unique plan for your life. You say, well, what about that? Here's, here's I, I love this illustration. I don't know why most preachers always have illustrations that have to do with food. But he said, let me kind of describe God's will. <clears throat> Everybody has a different slice of pie. Everybody has a different slice of pie. And these slices are a different flavor, possibly, and even a different size. Every pastor don't pastor 50 people. Every pastor don't pastor 1,000 people. Every pastor don't pastor 2,000. Every pastor don't pastor 5,000. All churches are different. Their, their makeup is different. The, the way they are is different. Some traditional, some contemporary, some what, you know what I'm saying? It, it, he said everybody's got a different slice of pie. But there's one thing about it. There's one thing about it. Whatever your slice of pie is, you're going to like your pie. Even if it's different from somebody else's, whatever the will of God for your life is, is awesome. Now, you couldn't have convinced me that when I was 17. All I could see was me standing up in a bunch of front of people staring at me and looking mean at me. Some things happened. Amen. That, uh, anyway, all I could see, I couldn't see, I couldn't see Temple. I couldn't see this building slammed full of people. I, I, sometimes I, I, I go back and replay that video of that first service. When I stood there and I just videoed and it was wall to wall people cheering and clapping and when I get depressed and I get down and discouraged, I'll pull out my phone and I'll play that again. I never saw that. But it was God's will. And here's the thing. God's got something for you. It'll be scary at first, I promise you. If it's not scary, it's probably not God. Because if it's not scary, it's probably not big enough. It's probably not a God thing. If it's not scary and you think you can handle it, then it's not God. Amen? <laughs> we run out of time. But, but that's, that's okay. That's okay, because that'll give us a whole, a whole time to talk about the process and the practice of God's will. Let me give you something to think about. Let's see. somebody here no it won't work I got a good illustration I'm, we'll just hold it we'll just hold it. man this is a good one I want you to think about it during now now here's here's what I want you to think about what kind of attitude does God want you to have toward his will in, in other words, in other words, here's what we're going to talk about next week. How many of y'all have ever had a child? How many of y'all have ever had a child that, that you told them to do something? And they said, "All right, no problem." I know that's a rare thing. But how many of y'all you had that child that, that did that? That just said, okay, what anything else you need me to do? My, they usually do that when they want something. But either way, we'll take it. Amen. Y'all know what I'm talking about. But you remember that feeling you get when they're they're, they're, they're obedient and they're they're okay with being obedient. But then that child, okay. Y'all with me? Y'all know where that child, when it comes to God's will sometimes? You see, God wants us to be that cheerful one. And, 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 I, and I know what you're thinking. I'm trying to be, but I, we'll learn how next week. 
You see, the attitude is determined by the relationship. And when you when you change the dynamic of the relationship, man, I, I wish I had 30 more minutes. Just 30 more. Anyway, let's let's pray. Lord, uh uh, uh help us to think about this and, and study on this and help us to be obedient. Help us to be Lord, if, if there's some folks here that's been chasing in the past, maybe being chasing now. Help them to have an attitude adjustment and, and go from anger to appreciation and, and come to you and say, Lord, we're sorry. We're sorry because you loved us and you, you are loving us by correcting us. Help us to move back to where we're supposed to be and fall in line with your will because that's the happiest place we'll ever be. That's the safest place we'll ever be. That's the most exciting place we'll ever be is in the perfect will of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Turn around and tell your neighbor, let's get in his will. Turn the, turn the music off. Turn the music off. Turn around and tell your neighbor, let's get in his will.